0: July 10th, a date that most don't mark on their calendars, but one that has changed the course of education, culture, and the church in America. What is its significance? Stay tuned.
1: This was the ACLU's attempt to remove creation and Christianity from the schools. This is Science,
0: Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal. I'm Chris O'Brien with the Institute for Creation Research. In a sweltering July of 1925, the world gathered in a small, unknown town in Tennessee, holding its breath for the unfolding of a legal battle, a battle that would have repercussions far beyond that time, even into the next century. The primary participants and the media gathered for what has become known as the Scopes Monkey Trial. Turned into a spectacle by the media and others, There are many misconceptions today about what really happened. Stay tuned for the next 15 minutes as we reveal the true events of history, take a look at how it has shaped our culture today, and discuss what lessons we can learn from the Scopes trial. Dr. David DeWitt, Director of the Center for Creation Studies at Liberty University, says that contrary to today, during the early part of the 20th century, it was creationism, not evolution, that was the norm in the public schools.
2: In the 1920s, there were a number of states that had considered laws that would restrict or prohibit the teaching of evolution in classrooms, in particular focusing just on the evolution of man. And Tennessee was a state that actually passed such a law called the Butler Act, prohibiting teachers from teaching that man had evolved from lower animals.
0: Evolution proponents and the fledgling ACLU were looking for a way to challenge the teaching of creation. So they put ads in newspapers looking for a teacher that would agree to break the law. When locals in Dayton saw the advertisement, they decided to pull a publicity stunt
2: businessmen in Dayton, Tennessee, decided that it would be a good idea to have the trial in their town, good for business, and so they conspired with John Scopes, who was not really a biologist. He wasn't trained as a biologist. He was just a substitute teacher for the biology teacher, and that was what led to the trial. They planned it out, so that he could be arrested and tried
3: constitutional attorney doug phillips the aclu who had prepped this was ready in the wings and waiting for action and they brought in one of their best known hitmen a self-professed agnostic probably the best known trial lawyer in america at that time he heard about it he volunteered for free and he joined and The setup of this particular case, the goal of it was to make it a national case from the beginning. By bringing in Darrow and by bringing in William Jennings Bryan, who of course was arguing on the other side, it immediately gained national interest.
0: Dr. John Morris is president of the Institute for Creation Research. He points out that the ACLU had their plan to discredit Christianity and they were greatly helped by the biased media in accomplishing their goal.
1: Outside was the press and the news reporters, especially one very vicious anti-creation reporter who then reported to the world all of this evidence for evolution. It was a circus outside the courtroom. Inside the courtroom it was circus enough, but outside it was this evangelistic meeting for evolution. And ever since then, creationists have been somewhat intimidated by the press. They were made to look like such fools even though it was outside the trial, that Christians pretty much went underground. Inside the courtroom,
0: Clarence Darrow craftily used the prosecuting attorney to discredit creation and biblical Christianity.
1: The creationist attorney, William Jennings Bryan, was a warm Christian man that wanted to defend the Bible, and he wanted to expose evolution for an atheistic worldview. Of course, the ACLU lawyer, Clarence Darrow, was just a a shrewd lawyer. There came the time at the end of the trial when Darrow convinced Brian to take the stand himself and defend Christianity. Well, Darrow was ready for the task and began to probe Brian for any weak spots he could think of. Where did Cain get his wife? And, you know, things like that. Maybe Brian didn't know them, but there are good answers. But then, after Brian had given this rather weak defense of Christianity, Darrow pulled this master stroke and he admitted the guilt of his client. The trial was effectively over, and Darrow himself did not have to take the stand. Why
0: would the defense attorney admit to the guilt of his client? Well, it was all according to the ACLU's design.
1: What the ACLU wanted to do was to appeal it to the Supreme Court and get a countrywide ruling that evolution only could be taught in the public schools. The case, quite soon after the trial, though, was overturned on a technicality, and it couldn't be appealed, and And the Supreme Court really never has ruled in favor of evolution only.
0: Dr. DeWitt points out that the Scopes trial set the stage for what we see in our schools today, the elimination of the creation laws and a total reversal of the culture.
2: A number of years went by before these types of laws were eliminated. And we've had several other court cases since in Arkansas, Louisiana, And then more recently, uh, the Georgia Textbook Sticker, and then Intelligent Design in Dover. And the way these things have been presented in the media have really led to a perception in society that teachers really can't talk about or question evolution at all because of the separation of church and state. And it's really kind of... uh, caricature of reality. The common understanding is that the Scopes trial showed creation to be false and that you couldn't teach it, which is actually the opposite of what the trial outcome was.
0: The trial that began as a publicity stunt in a sleepy little town in Tennessee, in spite of the media circus, may have seemed almost inconsequential to many onlookers, but the repercussions of that event do affect us today. Perhaps the most subtle is how it has
3: affected popular culture.
0: Doug Phillips.
3: We think of films like Inherit the Wind, which portray Christians as fools and the Bible as ridiculous, and present a false picture of what took place in the courthouse that day. Of course, not mentioned in films like this is the fact that men like Clarence Darrow were genuine scoundrels. The man on an ideological and philosophical agenda to wipe out Christianity. But he has become lionized by Hollywood. He has become a figure which is now, uh, his name is almost synonymous with social justice when in fact the exact opposite of that is true. During that trial, Darrow introduced all sorts of frauds, falsehoods, scientific information which were not true then and is not true to this day, and yet many of those myths linger on. And certainly one of those myths that has deeply affected the church is the
0: idea that Christianity was proved to be absurd. As a result... Christians retired from public life. Dr. John Morris.
1: They basically began to demand separation of church and state. You evolutionists can have the state. We'll have our churches. You stay out of our churches. And, well, now we see that Christians are forbidden from having any impact, pretty much, in the public arena. And that evolutionist and the secular worldview has totally taken it over. So uh, here we are trying to get back in. And the laws are set up against us, the precedent is set up against us, the the media is determined to ridicule anybody that would try. The Scopes trial, on the surface, it was a victory for the creationists. But in the reality, it was a terrible defeat because it drove the Christians underground. And even now
3: today, we're still trying to dig out.
0: Doug Phillips points out that this has also affected the church's view on creation.
3: The Scopes trial has frightened Christians from taking a principled stand. Because the trial took place and the answers weren't given, therefore, we've lost that battle. But the battle was never fought. It wasn't fought until years later. Men like Henry Morris and some of the great scientists, Dwayne Gish, men of the 20th century would pick up the baton and begin to articulate the principles of biblical creation and scientific creationism and showed that the very arguments that were launched in the Scopes trial were frauds, they were false, they had no basis in scientific thinking.
0: Although the Scopes trial concluded over eight decades ago, Christians can learn much from what happened there. Perhaps one of the most important lessons comes from one of the tragedies of the trial, that the advocate for Christianity did not have answers to biblical questions. Dr. DeWitt. Unfortunately,
2: from a creation perspective, we did not have the best representative we could have, in particular because... In a number of areas, Brian did not have a good understanding of Genesis as we do today. People in churches had generally ignored the important issues in Genesis. And so you had people commonly believed in the gap theory and other creation compromises and didn't connect the dots enough to see
3: the Adam and
2: Eve have to be real people, and the fall a real event, and God making Adam from the dust of the ground. And if these things are not true, then actually it decreases the credibility of the whole scripture.
0: And so the obvious lesson for us today is that we need to be prepared to discuss why evolutionary thinking is wrong.
2: It's really, what? Necessary and crucial is that Christians bring up the subject of origins and pay attention and stay informed and stay equipped so that they can answer questions. Because the questions that Darrow asked of Brian on the witness stand are not unlike questions that people ask today in our homes and workplaces and in the community. And if we can give better answers than Brian gave on the stand, then we have a chance of having an impact.
0: As we look back at this trial and its impact, we also need to understand the religious nature of evolution and how it differs from biblical creation. Dr. John Morris.
1: Evolution really is a worldview. It's a way of thinking. It has these religious overtones. I really think that evolution and naturalism, that that is a worldview, that there is no supernatural involved. If evolution is true, then we got here by natural processes like natural selection. It was just something that happened. Nature did it. In Christianity, of course, the creator created man in his image, but yet man rejected God's authority over his life. And now we've, we've incurred upon ourselves the penalty for sin, the wages of sin is death. But in Christianity, the Creator Himself came back into creation, took upon Himself the form of a man, and lived a a sinless life for whom no death penalty was needed, so that He could die as a substitute for our sins. And we can have reconciliation with that Creator. We can be saved, we can be rescued from the penalty of sin by coming to Him in faith for our salvation, by coming to Him in faith for forgiveness of our sins and, and reconciliation we then will be saved, will be rescued, will be adopted into his family, will have eternal life with God, our Savior, forever. As
0: our program comes to a close, we hope that you've been encouraged. It's our desire at ICR to show that the Bible can be trusted, both historically and scientifically, and to give facts that will build your faith. As Christians, we need to understand the scientific basis for our beliefs. We pray that this program will aid you in your discovery of science and the Bible. You know, most people aren't aware that today there are thousands of scientists that are convinced of the truth of biblical creation and not evolution. Our non-denominational ministry aims to restore and strengthen the Genesis foundations of the Christian faith. If you've enjoyed today's edition of Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal, why not visit us on the web to find out more about the work of ICR. The address is www.icr.org. Again, www.icr.org.